1: Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby, standing for truth, justice, and the American way, bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby.
0: And welcome here to Katz and Cosby. Rita Cosby here, of course, and John Katz And we also have Judge Richard Weinberg and former GOP chair of Brooklyn, Craig Eaton. Uh, John, what a wild Iowa caucus. Oh, my goodness. I was on live, John, you know, on WABC. It was like minutes.
2: I was at home. I was watching. I had one screen on CNN. I had one screen on Fox. Did you have one ear radio, on me? No, I had the radio on <laughs> you, Rita. And uh, it was uh, very exciting. But um, I don't know what to think. And I, I'm going to call Dick Morris in a little while. Yep. And uh, Trump won 99. Out of 100 precincts,
0: that's right. Yeah, or 98 out of 99. There are 99. Yeah. 99. yeah, isn't that amazing? Counties, which is incredible. I mean, John, that is historic. Uh, and the only reason, by the way, the only one that he lost, the county that he lost, John, he lost by one vote from Nikki Haley. Isn't one that vote? amazing? Isn't that? <laughs> yeah, but
3: you know, if you, if you if you look at if you look at the polls that we've been seeing, what all the pundits have been saying, it was what I expected. Actually, you know what I'm saying.
0: And, and you know, I did too, Craig, but then you never know with politics, you know, you never know. And DeSantis did better than Nikki Haley, but he had a better ground game than Nikki Haley did too. But that was an interesting one. Then it was like, okay, who's going to, is she going to come up? And then Vivek, of course, who came in for dropping out right away and saying, I'm supporting Trump. Yeah, but he's he's been running
3: for a cabinet position. That, yes. You know, that's that's what truth be told, that's what he's been running for. And Christie's probably, out, we you're expected right. that. You're right.
0: Yes. Now
2: now uh, there's I understand uh from my friends at Davos, there's panic going on in Davos. Yeah. They can't believe <laughs> Trump won. Uh, and I they understand that uh, there's panic in parts of the Democratic Party. Uh they they're sending out uh polls. Yeah, SOS. SOS <laughs> polls. You know what the problem is? Yeah.
4: Biden is losing on all the issues. Well,
2: so they have I mean, to,
4: they, He's losing on every I watched, single issue.
2: I watched these people in middle America, in Iowa, sitting in a diner and saying, what's happened to our country? Exactly right. They, he, want a, they want a radical turnaround. on yet? Yep, he is dialing in, I understand, right now. Well, with us today is one of the smartest political minds I know is we have Dick Morris. Uh, he was a consultant to Democrats. Uh, Republicans, and uh, what the heck happened last night in Iowa? Well, Dick Morris, what the heck happened last night in Iowa?
5: Well, the uh, eastern western coast academic establishment and the journalistic uh, pawns and outlets were introduced rudely to the rest of America. And uh, the flyover territory spoke out, and spoke out as they always will for the values that the elites have more or less dismissed. Uh, the rest of the country is thrilled at what Donald Trump is doing and believes that he is the answer to the problems we face. The uh, left and the establishment regard him as a barbaric threat, um, akin to uh, the barbarians at the gates. And, uh, the, increasingly the voters are saying, no, this guy was a great president. This guy did a fabulous job. We've listened to his proposals and we think they're very good. And we think the error is the establishment's in dismissing him and trying to destroy him. And this was the first chance the voters had to speak out—not through opinion columns or through polls, but by actually going to the polls in freezing weather and voting. And uh, the rest—the the leadership of our politics—is so biased to the left that it was a complete shock to them, and they are wondering what happened and what went wrong. The answer is what went right. And get used to it because it's gonna happen in forty-eight of the state forty-nine of the states.
2: Dick, I was watching it last night and it seemed like the good old middle America was upset that somebody's trying to topple our way of life. And they spoke out by supporting uh uh President Trump.
5: Exactly. Uh when pres when Biden warns that threat to our democracy. The electorate says, hey, Trump's not the one trying to put his opponent in jail. Biden is. Uh, Trump's not the one trying to impose gag orders. Biden is doing that. And they see the threat to democracy is coming not from Trump, but from the establishment and main elements of the Democratic coalition.
2: And and it looked like middle America sitting in a diner, Uh, in Iowa was upset and they wanted America the way we all grew up and uh, uh, and, and, uh, what's going to happen in New Hampshire are they just different people
5: they're a little different we we may not do as well as Trump did in Iowa but he's going to win he'll win by a good margin and it really doesn't make any long term difference John because there's a long history of New Hampshire being different from the rest of the country Um, it voted for John McCain it uh, voted for um, all kinds of candidates who ultimately didn't make it. Um, after New Hampshire comes Michigan and Nevada and South Carolina, which are much more in line with the national mainstream. Trump is going to carry New Hampshire, but he'll also carry Michigan, South Carolina, and the and the other states, and of and he'll undoubtedly sweep Super Tuesday, which is March fifth. So this entire process, the whole nominating process, will be over in six weeks.
2: Anything else you want to tell America? I guess we'll we'll have to wait till next week to see what happens in uh, uh, New Hampshire.
5: Yeah, I mean, I think what we need to tell America is the help is on the way. The problems we face and the distortions in our society are being cured. They're being uh, obliterated because Donald Trump is bringing justice to our country. And, uh, and it
2: seems yeah. like the American people realize that all these indictments are all a bunch of politics.
5: Yeah, absolutely. They they see that. They feel that it's just like uh, obstacles being thrown in someone's path just to try to derail them. And uh, and even if he's convicted, even if he's in prison, not going to make much difference. He's going to still win, and America is going to change, and our democracy will assert itself as it always has in the past.
2: Dick Morris, thank you, and uh, we'll talk again real soon, uh, maybe over the weekend. Thank you.
5: Great. Bless you, John.
0: Wow, really interesting. Craig Eaton, uh, people are angry.
3: The country is angered and outraged, and they believe the only person, in my opinion, that can save the country and the world is Donald Trump right now. And that, that showed in Iowa.
0: Yeah. I exit poll showed immigration, yeah, yeah. economy, uh, overwhelming. They are worried about this country. And, um, joining yeah. us now to talk about a whole bunch of other stuff is Professor Alan Dershowitz, uh, the great, great author, uh, his latest book, uh, The Attack on the Jews, The War Against the Jews, a big bestseller. Professor Dershowitz, um, before we get to either so many questions, but I want to ask you about some of these protests that are happening. Uh, As we're talking about the world in chaos, they were protesting at Sloan Kettering, saying that there were Jewish donors at Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. That is abhorrent to me. These protesters, these pro-Palestinians. Thousands of
4: them.
6: Well, they're not pro-Palestinian. They're They're anti-American and they're anti-Semitic. They're just down the block from me. I live just down the block. I passed by the Sloan Kettering. It saved lives of people I know, some people in my family, that's one of the great, great medical institutions in the world. I bet you these know-nothing idiots that are protesting would be the first ones to go to Sloan Kettering and ask for a Jewish doctor uh, paid for by a Jewish donor if they get cancer, God forbid. Uh, but let's remember one thing. This clearly indicates that this is not just anti-Zionist because these hospitals aren't Zionists. Uh, the people who contribute may be Zionists, anti-Zionists, or unconcerned about Israel. They're Jews, and that's what the protest is, the protests against the Jews. Let's remember, too, in this protest, they announced that uh, Iran had bombed in Iraq right near the American embassy, and cheers went up from the crowd. Cheers went up from the crowd because an American embassy had been a target of bombing by Iran. These are people who support Iran. These are people who support Hamas. Let them not be... Fool anybody into thinking they're pro-Palestinian. They want to overthrow the United States government. They're the old communists. Alan, it's they're
4: Richard Weinberg. They
6: could bring down the government. Let me and ask not, There's nothing to do with the Middle I'll East. Yeah.
4: All right. Let me tell you what also troubles me. Their reports that today, but they put it off because of the snowstorm in Washington, that government employees from the White House, the State Department, Homeland Security, Defense, amongst other agencies and departments, were going to go out there and have a major strike against the government in support of the so-called Palestinians. What are your thoughts about that? Do they have the right to do that, to walk away from work to do this?
6: They do not. Uh, they have an obligation to report to work. Um, you know, it's they have the right to express their views. Um, it's not clear to me that they, some of them are not subject to being fired if they don't reflect the views of the administration, and the views of the administration are not in favor of Hamas. But uh, again, let's remember, these demonstrations are anti-American, and that's the core of them. And they're the old socialists, the old communists. They don't use the term communist anymore. But these are the same people that want to uh, you know, object to Wall Street, want to object... To everything American, they're opportunists. Uh, Israel is today's uh, issue. Um, Intersectionality is tomorrow's or yesterday's issue. Uh, they'll seize on any issue.
0: Why are and they, they was, not getting arrested, uh, Professor Dershowitz? I mean, even even at the White House, they were they were screaming pro Yemen, pro Hamas, all the pro. They knocked down the security. Yeah, fence. they knocked down the fence. Isn't that destruction of property? What about permits? And I mean, the white, come on, the White House. It, yeah, the White House. I mean, what more does much, it take?
6: It's as much of an insurrection as anything that has been charged on. Um, uh, January 6th. I mean, the January 6th was an attempt to protest an election. Wrong in my view, wrong in the view of many people. This is really part of an attempt to overthrow the United States government. And uh, it it could be seen as part of an insurrection. I wouldn't disqualify anybody who was in it from running for president, not that anybody would ever vote for anybody who was in it. But uh, these are very dangerous demonstrations. They also deny civil rights. They deny the rights of people to travel. They deny the rights of people to get into the train station uh to go over bridges uh, and uh you know there is a statute that uh, says anybody that's denied their civil liberties and their rights and the right to travel is one of their rights, you can subject those people to uh, criminal prosecution and I don't know why a double standard is is being used the same thing happened with Black lives matter um in on the west coast when they were burning cars and burning access to uh, police stations and courts. Uh, Nothing happened to most of them. Or even when two lawyers in New York threw Molotov cocktails into police cars, they got a slap on the wrist.
0: Yeah, my my opinion, Professor Dershowitz, it's about politics. They are clearly worried about angering certain groups, but others throw the book at them. I mean, that, that to me is not justice. Um, Craig Eaton has a question for you, you, you know, Professor. You hit it right New on Tritt. the head,
3: Professor. I mean, they are yeah. disrupting the lives of American citizens in New York City. They're closing bridges. They're closing tunnels. And you know what? I think the police and law enforcement, is they're afraid. They're afraid because if they do anything, then they're going to be charged and attacked. So you and know, they're going to got... be accused of racism. Exactly, exactly. They're
6: the ultimate, the ultimate attack. They... Uh, you're accused of racism or anti-Muslim yeah. attitudes. No, no. These are people who are trying to enforce the
3: law and, that, and enforce the law fairly. And these people are breaking the law, so we need to enforce the law. I agree.
4: Alan, yeah. let me ask you one more thing. You had a situation sure. where the so-called special counsel from Georgia went to the White yeah. House, went to the White House twice for two eight-hour sessions, meeting with senior White House staff and allegedly White House counsel with respect to the prosecution of Trump. What do you make of that, Alan?
6: Well, we have to learn more about it. Um, you know, obviously, it's nothing illegal about that. But politically, we have to know, uh, is the White House cooperating in an attempt to try to imprison and convict the man who's running against the incumbent president? Uh, that just doesn't sound right. And, of course, you have this whole Tanny Willis thing. Now yeah, yeah the boyfriend, $600, right? <laughs> $600,000. I did the math the other day. Um, they, he was getting a hundred dollars an hour more than a much more qualified person to do this. But if you take his hourly fee and you divide it into six hundred fifty thousand dollars, it would be you know thousands of hours of work on what they regard as an open and shut easy case. So I think somebody has to audit uh, the the legal bills. No, and, but, and, but professor. Yeah, but somebody has to. Yeah.
2: Last night I was watching uh, uh, CNN and Fox uh, about the uh... iowa yeah middle america those those nice common sense people from middle america were shocked and that's why they voted for trump did you get that idea yeah i I, and i still don't
6: understand it. i don't understand how americans are so angry this is not the nineteen thirties you know we're not in the depression uh... people are doing relatively well sure we have all kinds of problems of immigration and other kinds of things, but it doesn't, but but it isn't,
2: it's not, it's it's beyond immigration. It's beyond immigration. It's invasion. That's what I got the, the, the pulse of it's invasion, not migration. Yeah, no, no, I understand
6: that, but there are other issues as well. And, and people are so angry. Uh, And, and, and usually they get angry when there's a, a real cause for it, and look, I think I can see how people are frustrated. The vast majority of Americans don't want to vote either for Biden or for Trump. They'd like to vote for but, somebody else, but they don't know who else somebody. They want to
2: vote for. Somebody, whoever you want to blame, is trying to change our way of life in America.
0: And, and John, yeah. that's what they said also in the exit polls that they were asked out of Iowa. This to me was stunning. Do you feel the system works for you? You know how many said four percent of the people Uh, who voted, uh, felt that justice is not fair in America and something stinks, and that is concerning.
6: It's it's getting worse because the people who are running our colleges and universities that are producing the elite leaders, because, you know, I know I did it for 50 years. I looked out in my classrooms when I started teaching at Harvard Law School, and I said, there's the next president of the United States, there's the next secretary of this, there's the next chairman of the FCC, because I taught all of those people. I know who passes through Harvard University, and I am terrified as to what this next generation of leaders is going to be like. If it's if there's any sense of what they are like now, these useful idiots, many of them who are parading around for it's crazy. they have no it's, idea about. We call
2: it the bizarro world. I remember those comics I used to buy from yeah, Superman. I remember that? Yeah, uh, I like that. Yeah. Uh, professor, last question: The Supreme sure. Court today, uh, I think, is going to bring up the 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 cases where the, e, the agencies like the EPA, the, Chevron, SEC, the, Chevron the, Chevron. the, the yeah. they're making their own laws instead of Congress yeah. making their laws.
6: Yeah, the fourth branch of the government, there's no question about that. The, it's gone much, much too far, and the Supreme Court is going to shut it down. The Supreme Court is going to say the only way Congress can delegate responsibility to these Administrative agencies, which don't even appear in the Constitution, is by express, explicit you know, delegation of power. You can't infer a delegation of powers simply from inaction. So I think we're going to see a revolution in the administrative state, and we're going to see more power returned to Congress. That's my prediction.
0: By the way, before we let you go, too, did you see the New York High Court denied Trump's appeal? This is on the uh, gag order. Um, where do you think that's going? Do you think that they that the high court may take that up because it's the president of the United States? It's possible.
6: Um, usually they don't take up cases from state courts of this kind, but it does possibly violate the First Amendment. So it's and it is the president so
2: of the so it's, United States.
6: It's, well, it's not it's just an election. Election. It's it's just a
2: ordinary person. Yeah.
6: yeah. Yeah. and And, you know, nobody's above the law. Nobody's above below the law. Yeah. And the law does apply differently sometimes to people who are running for president and it applies to the rest of us especially when it comes to freedom to campaign so um there's a fair chance the court may may grant review
2: alan dershowitz uh, thank you for your wisdom thank you for your common sense (laughs) and and how many books have you sold already have you sold a million Uh, books yet a billion (laughs) at least
5: well (laughs) i have written
6: 53, 53 books and i sold well over a million copies in my current one is war against the jews and it couldn't be more relevant so and it's He'd available
2: have- on amazon and barnes and yeah. noble bravo bravo well, so much, much. bravo bravo thank, thank you so much for professor let's take the break and right now and then we're going to come back we're going to be all talk- zuber yep, about big business well, there's, a way, there's, a new, <laughs> there's a new budget in the state it got certified and he's going to talk about the budget in the state new york state senate or new york state where the heck are we
0: Uno. He's your numero
1: uno. a common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katzenmutes and Rita Cosby. Cats and Cosby on 77 wabc Well, we're back.
0: Yeah, and uh sadly uh the economy isn't back. And if you see some of the exit polls, it's not back, but uh we're paying big bucks for the migrants, John. Oh, well, let's go to the facts with us today.
2: Uh, is uh, Paul Zuber uh, with the uh, what is New York State Business New York State Business Council? State State Business Business Council. Yep, the senior and, vice president there. The new budget is out, uh, and uh, Paul Zuber, tell us what the what the New York State budget is out. What does it all mean?
8: Um, well, this is the first uh, salvo in the battle between the governor and the legislature for a final budget. But the governor today released um, her. $233 billion budget um, to the governor's credit. I think it's a budget that is, has a lot of good things in it. Um, I think she realizes that there's a problem with retail theft. So she's trying to, to deal with that. She realizes there's an issue with housing and affordability. She's trying to do that. And she's holding the line on taxes, which I'm very appreciative of. And our business members are very appreciative of because the progressive have been calling over and over again, to raise taxes on the rich, to raise taxes on businesses. And I think she was right in holding the line. And she also did a couple of other things that are kind of not big, big issues that are out there, but are very important to businesses. One of which is making sure that um, trial lawyers who have been targeting businesses are no longer able to get liquidated damages for a mistake a common mistake made by a business owner. And, and just to give you an understanding of what that is, is under the law, you have to pay certain employees weekly. But if you look at the statute, it makes no sense who is who that employee is. It's defined as a manual worker and under the law, it says a mechanic, laborer, or working man. So what's happened is a lot of businesses, they hire people, they figure, oh, I'll pay them every two weeks like every other company does. But there was a court case recently that said if you fail to pay them weekly, you can sue for liquidated damages. And so what's happened is all these trial attorneys have started targeting small and mid-sized businesses. So even if you're paying your employee correctly, you're subject to liquidated damages. We have a member who owns a a fast food franchise pay her employees every two weeks, like religiously, never miss a payment. She was sued for $6 million huh. because it was determined that her employees should have been paid weekly.
2: And, 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 and what is it? And ambulance uh, chasing uh, lawyers?
8: Yeah, ambulance chasing. If you go on the Internet now, you will find lawyers who will say, do you work at a nail salon? Do you work at a fast food uh, restaurant? Come see us. We can, we can get you money. And they are targeting businesses. I got a call yesterday from a small business in Brooklyn. The guy was nearly in tears because – his employees went out, found a trial lawyer. It's, it's a design company. It's not even, you know, what you would expect of someone who paid weekly. And he's getting hit with a huge lawsuit. And this is happening over and over and over again. So once again, we're making it, why do business in New York, right? Why, why even try? When people are targeting you and you're paying them the correct amount, there's no way anybody would know that they were supposed to be paid weekly. And they're getting sued. Uh, the, going back to the, the fast food franchise, the poor woman who owned that franchise had to settle out of court for $400,000. She had to put her house up wow. in order to make, and make wow. the payment. And so to, to the governor's credit, we brought this to their attention, and she actually put language in her budget um, to deal with that. So I think there's a lot of positive in this budget. Um, but as you know, we're going to go through the meat grinder of the legislature. Did we
2: get any relief at all? Uh, you know, under Rockefeller, used to be three strikes and you're out. And now we have criminals that commit 17 crimes, 20 crimes, 30 crimes, 50 crimes. And uh, I had to personally talked to the governor about that. Did we get any relief from a constant criminal yeah.
8: Um, No, she didn't really address some of the issues that still exist um, with discovery reform and bail reform. But what she did try to do is finally acknowledge that there is an issue with retail theft. And so she is starting to put money into forming uh, law enforcement task forces and increasing penalties when it comes to retail theft. Because, John, as you know, this is hurting every community. So if you're in the Bronx, you know, you're yeah. losing a target because they don't want to stay there anymore. So she's trying to address it with that, but she stayed away from bail reform.
2: I understand also there was reports today that over the last four or five years, manufacturing in general in New York State is down 16%. What the heck happened?
8: Mm-hmm. I think, it's, I think you know, you, you add the, the stress with the national economy. Um, you add increased costs that are occurring in New York State. Um, you have energy costs that are starting to skyrocket. And I think that's going to be a big issue going for, forward, the energy costs. Because at some point, these manufacturing companies are also going to look, have to look at what's my energy costs doing business and, and creating goods and services here in New York State when I see my energy costs going up by thousands of dollars. And that's part of the problem or the concerns that we have with the changes that were made um, several years ago with the energy policy in New York, I think we're all support green energy, but we, we have to do it in a smart fashion because it's increasing costs. Uh,
2: Paul Zuber, la- last question. Uh, Paul Zuber, the senior vice president of the uh, New York State Business Council. Um, the, the,
0: the last question. What was the last question? There was one more. Well, I'm curious about the migrants too. The cost for migrants going down 2. to the city, two
2: point four billion.
0: Yeah, what what does that mean, though? I mean, can can we sustain all this, uh, Paul? I mean, think about what it's doing to everybody.
8: Yeah, it, it, it's it's a problem, right? And we we know it's it's a problem that is a, a, a federal problem to start, and it's a problem that's hit hit the city and the state. Um, the governor does put some um, a great deal of funding in the budget to kind of offset some of the the issues that New York City is facing, um, but this is this is going to be an ongoing problem. And, and at some point, I think two things have to be figured out. Number one, what do we do in terms of an immigration policy? How do we stem the tide of this? And then secondly, for those migrants that are here and willing to work, how do we how do we get them employment? Because quite frankly, you can't just say go hire the go hire someone who's a migrant because there's federal um, and legal issues with doing that. So but we also have a workforce shortage in New York of 460,000. So, I mean, it's not like we we can't use the, the extra workers, but it has to be figured out on a federal level and it's time that, you know, the Biden administration and, and everybody in the administration step up Paul, and, and figure something out.
2: Did we get a pulse of how many people moved out of New York City, New York State? Because I've heard like three different numbers. One time it was... 500,000 people within 24 months. Other times it was less. Do you you have a pulse on that?
8: Um, I don't have the the exact number in front of me. I think the best number to use is the comptroller has come out with with some numbers. And and, and I think the comptroller's numbers basically confirm what most every other legitimate study has shown is that there is a large out-migration from New York um, to other parts of the country. And people are leaving because it costs a lot of money to live in New York. is um, they're leaving, too, because our arrogance in raising those costs, people forget like times have changed. I don't need to be in New York to do business. I can go on the Internet. I, people Zoom all the time now. Yeah. So what's happening is a lot of people are realizing that they don't need to be in New York. New York so why don't I go someplace where it's cheaper? And a lot of companies are doing the same because it reduces our payroll.
3: Last
2: question.
8: Craig Eaton,
3: then we have to go to a break. Well, one important question. So we have this big budget that she just came out with. Where is she getting Mm -hmm. the money from? What does she say about taxes? What is she going to do to get this money together?
8: Well, she's not going to raise taxes. Um, There was an uptick in some of the revenue that was uh, originally forecasted. And then she is going to use a portion of the reserves that she's built up over the last uh, couple of years. So, you know, there's still going to be a, a deficit. They're going to hold the line on most, most spending. Obviously there's certain reoccurring spending that's going to go up just because of things that the legislature has done over the years. Um, but she's holding the line on, on taxes and she's holding the line on um, business taxes. And, you know, now that's going to be the battle with the legislature because they're going to be those that are going to want to increase taxes because they want to provide more funding for more programs.
2: Thank you, Paul Zuber, and we're going to catch up with you again real soon, maybe over the weekend. Thank you so much.
8: All right. Thank you. Have a great day, guys.
2: Thank you. And Rita, I think you have some hot news today.
8: It's the top news of the day. Sponsored by
1: Goya. Here's Rita Cosby.
0: And as you heard right here on the top of Katz and Cosby, after former President Trump's blowout, big, big win in Iowa, the GOP presidential hopefuls are now shifting their focus to New Hampshire. The Iowa caucus kicked off the presidential campaign season, and now the Granite State holds its primary January 23rd, a week from today. In the nation's second presidential contest, it's the first technical primary in the nation. Also, the Supreme Court is declining to hear a case about an Indiana high school's transgender bathroom policies. A lower court ruled students are allowed to use restrooms according to to their gender identity. Wow, we win one. We win one. one. Wow, wait, wait, wait. But the Indiana School District is appealing that ruling, so you can't jump too soon, John, on that one. And another story, our final one here, is winter weather conditions and the extreme cold across America is impacting air travel everywhere today. Upwards of 2,200 flights within, into, or out of the U.S. were canceled today, and more than 6,600 have been delayed. And John and everybody else, those are your Goya top stories of the day. I love those Goya beans. Uh, Let's go to a break. And when we come back,
2: uh, we have Andrew Sutterford. You know what happened in Chicago? None of the electric cars are moving. We'll find (laughs) out more about it. Let's let's go to a break. Your community.
1: And Cosby. Now here's John and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC.
0: And we are back. We were talking about the wild weather, uh, but boy, it's having a big impact on EVs. And joining us now is Andrew Stutterford. He joined the National Review. He's now the editor of National Review's Capital Matters. Andrew, what the heck is happening in Chicago? Uh,
7: nothing good. If you if you are trying to charge your EV. Um, basically...
2: Uh, it's electric uh, vehicles we're talking about. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, You've got to know, say, uh, <laughs> you, you remember, not everybody knows what an EV is. Uh, we, I,
0: we're, we're, <laughs> we talk too fancy here. <laughs> we're we're fancy schmancy. We don't have the British accent, though, Andrew, yes. so go ahead.
7: <laughs> well, I, well I, I, I bet there are some people in Chicago who wish they did not know what uh, an EV was. Um, of course, it's extremely cold there because it's winter and it's also uh, very, very cold, to be fair. But basically, what is, uh, when it gets cold, your EV a battery does not work so well. And uh, it drains much more quickly and uh, even more so if you do if, if you do something reckless, like have a car heater on. Why would you do that when it's zero degrees? Um, and so you go and charge. You go to a charging station. You find one that's open. You're lucky and working. You're even luckier. And uh, the uh, it takes um, much, much longer to uh, ch- charge your car when it's cold and the battery is uh, when uh, charge the car when it's cold. And then let us imagine you are behind waiting for the car ahead to finish its charge, which could take a very quite a, quite a long time. And you have your car heater on. What happens? Your battery goes. So it's a shambles, basically. And uh, the uh, p- apparently there have been tow trucks uh, pulling cars off charging stations and all the rest of it. So, you know. Another des- a bad day for EVs, I would say. Yeah, and true. Isn't
4: it true also that a lot of these charging stations are not working because they have their own problems and they're not compatible with some of these cars?
7: Absolutely. the, the I mean Tesla is way ahead on the in the charging game, and if you have and what is interesting and, and it's, not, it's not a reflection on Tesla but that uh, the, a lot of the reports we've been seeing are coming out of Tesla charging stations, um, but that probably reflects the fact that more people have bought Teslas and that uh, Tesla actually have one of the best networks uh, there is. Well, the best network there is. Um, but, yeah,
2: I, I mean, it's a it's, it's, uh So you it's, go to the uh, charging the station,
4: it's open, and your car is
2: not compatible with well, it, so I, you can't get I charged. Do, yeah. If your car's not running, how do you get to the charging well, you charge, yeah, Is,
4: yeah, is yeah, it yeah. long <laughs> you put the heater on, Andrew's telling you. Yeah, don't
0: please don't put the heater on. <laughs> yeah, God forbid. Well, what are you conditioning if you're in Florida? Yeah, yeah, exactly. By the way, that that picture, Andrew, too. That like everyone's talking about. Today, there's a picture. It looks like a like a funeral, like a cemetery for electric vehicles in Chicago. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable.
7: Uh, it, 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 I think that there was a, someone put. Hasn't, I, I've actually done a, a, a post which will appear on our uh, our site before long, but the somebody referred to it as it was just the place was filled with dead robots. Uh, which is a wonderful phrase unless you're the driver sitting there. And, um, you know, and, and, you know, this also raises some wider questions about this because it does get cold every year and, some, and, and in, in, in Chicago, and some years it's going to get very cold. You can do some things to protect against it, but like, such as having a parking garage, which you can keep charged. But what if uh, you are on a longer drive? Uh, and you can't find it. That's why. State. That's yeah. why
2: the president, uh, the CEO of Ford, when he took his Ford out for a ride, the electric vehicle he had, he came back and he cut production by fifty <laughs> <laughs> yeah, percent. Yeah.
0: And, and, and you saw the news on Hertz, right? Yes. Yeah, twenty thousand. Yeah, twenty thousand. But
2: who are they going to sell this to for twenty thousand dollars a piece? Do uh, do they have to make a disclosure that you might need another twenty thousand dollar battery? Yeah, or you
0: have to pay, or you have to pay them. They're going to pay them to buy it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Thank
0: you so much, and let's catch up again
2: real soon. No Thank you. Fortunate. Okay. Bye bye.
0: And, uh, by the way, also, uh, John Kerry, you guys saw as leaving as the, uh, as the climate czar. We know that, he's but he's helping. The no, he's gonna work for the campaign. He's gonna, he's gonna help, saying, help he in the really campaign. No, I know, I know. I'm just saying, uh, and the issue of, as we're talking about all these, like, climate policies, it's like, is he using uh, his, he his have private? To show for
4: it? Is he using his private? to campaign for Biden? We'll you have know, to find like, out.
0: Somebody's mm. giving him the gas. Though. Yeah, but remember, he's okay to do it. Remember when he's been yeah. asked that? Because uh, he's more judge. important than you and I. Yes. Dr. has on said that. that. We're waiting to get him on any moment here. Oh, yeah, my and by the way, God, I, you guys, yeah, but, I mean, you, you but you know, know what? Again? But I mean, you know what? We have uh, John Solomon who is joining us now, Let's go to and John we've got, Solomon got some I big. We've here. got some big breaking news involving John Solomon.
1: Breaking news: WABC.
0: And joining us now with some big breaking news is the founder of Just the News, the great investigative journalist John Solomon. Uh, Big deals with Hunter Biden. Fill us in.
9: Oh, yes. Uh, Just a few years ago, uh, right after Joe Biden took the presidency, uh, the White House assured us, don't worry about Hunter Biden's art deal sales. We put an ethics agreement in. The family's blinded. Nobody's going to know who the buyers are. Well, that turned out not to be true. Uh, George Burgess, the art gallery dealer who uh, sold Hunter Biden's uh, art for the last three years. He recently ended the relationship. They're no longer selling it. But he said Hunter Biden actually demanded to know who was his words. In fact, he put it into the first contract and there was no ethics agreement between the White House and I. I never talked to the White House. If that doesn't alienate you enough, uh, well, this one will. It turns out that Joe Biden himself knew who the art dealer was. He once called him on his phone to have a conversation. And another time he met with him at the White House during uh, Joe Biden's granddaughter's wedding reception that was held at the White House. So Joe Biden was in the know. He met with Hunter Biden's art dealer partner uh, and there was no White House agreement. If this sounds familiar, it's exactly what happened when Joe was vice president as well. Remember recently that Devin Archer, uh, another uh, Hunter Biden business partner said, Joe used to make phone calls all the time get on the phone with Hunter Biden's business partners. He took some of them out to dinner at Cafe Milano. The idea that Joe Biden is helping facilitate Hunter Biden's business deals, even today, even in the art world, while he's president, now on paper, under oath, in Congress, in the evidence that's been assembled by the impeachment inquiry.
0: You know, this is an interesting point, uh, John Solomon. What I just heard you say also is that Joe Biden, right, the president of the United States, who said he had nothing to do with his son's business deals, called the art dealer and talked about business do we know what he said do we know exactly what point uh, that is really interesting more even
2: more important do you know who the donate the donators in my opinion uh, were donating because they wanted the president of the United States to know that there were do- donators that's right that's exactly the theory
9: John that the IRS whistleblowers had that's why they wanted to bring a criminal case. Uh, against um, one uh, against the campaign saying, hey, they solicited this help, not only the art sales, but also these loans that went to Hunter Biden from Hollywood lawyer and Democratic donor Kevin Morris. The IRS agents had the exact theory you did. Unfortunately, the Biden Justice Department didn't bite on that. Uh, they turned it down. But this looks like exactly what we all feared, right, which is that Democratic donors would use it to buy the paintings and gain influence of the White House. Hunter Biden would know who it was. Joe Biden would be involved in facilitating it like he facilitated the relations with earlier business partners. The worst case scenario and everything we were told, don't worry, it's not going to happen. It now needs to be true. Uh, we do know one thing. Nearly all of the paintings, all of the painting purchases, about a million dollars of paintings have been purchased. Nearly all of them were bought by Democratic donors.
0: So what about that call, the Joe Biden call? What did he say in the call? I mean, that is interesting that there's sort of a direct connection here.
9: Yeah, listen, the, the George Burgess said he called looking for George Burgess's daughter to uh, congratulate her or wish her well on an upcoming event. Very clearly something designed to show, hey, I know you're helping my family out and I'm going to do something nice to you and unexpected. You can brag that Joe Biden called you and your daughter. Uh, Burgess picked up the phone, was kind of surprised by it. Uh, and that's about all we know about the call. That's all they talked about in the, um, this deposition that was taken by the House Judiciary and Oversight Committees in the impeachment inquiry. But this is classic Joe Biden, right? He knows if your son's making money off the name, you you chum up and you do things like get on the call, invite him to the White House. Uh, the woman who put the art deal together uh, is a big fundraiser for Joe Biden. He's the one that introduced Hunter Biden to George Burgess. Um, she ends up in the White House. I put pictures of her up visiting the White House several times. Lynette Phillips, Joe Biden was facilitating the brand, facilitating the family business with these calls, with these meetings, going back to when he was vice president and continuing today now that he's president of the United States.
0: And uh, real quick about the contempt stuff. Uh, We just have about 30 seconds, John. Uh, What is happening with is is Hunter going to testify? There's word now that they may not hold him in contempt, may take him up on the deposition.
9: Yeah, they're going to try to get a date and uh, terms that are acceptable to both sides. If they do, the contempt will go away. They've suspended it temporarily, but it's hanging over Hunter Biden's head. A sign that they're good, effective negotiations, but not a deal yet. They could go back to contempt real quickly. Uh, The other thing to watch for, Hunter Biden may agree to testify, then he may take the Fifth Amendment after he shows up. That's an issue that House Republicans are trying to make sure they get. They know in advance. Is he going to take
0: the Fifth or not? Wow. Very interesting. John Solomon, thank you so much. You always have some great stuff. Keep us posted.
2: Thank you, John Solomon. Great to be with you. Thank you guys.
0: John, thank you very much. And everybody coming up, we are going to talk about Biden and a stunning conversation he had with Netanyahu. Didn't end very well. Uh, and also the border. Big news coming up after the break.
1: It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC.
0: And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. Uh, Just a few hours ago, uh, the U.S. fired a couple missiles. Uh, into Yemen, trying to knock out a couple Houthi sites. Uh, guess what? It doesn't seem like the Houthis are getting the message. Uh, to, no, uh, they've
2: escalated, Rita.
4: Yes. They've escalated attacks against international shipping, against U.S. sites,
2: and and uh, yeah,
0: the Suez, and Canal,
2: the Suez Canal, the Suez Canal, the Red Sea are a mess.
0: Yeah, it's a mess. It is, and also it's it's clear that they don't care what President Biden says. His actions have been way too weak, way too late. Your now, thoughts? If, there's no country
3: out there that that respects what he's doing. I mean, they. They're walking all over the United States. It's time that we stand up. And you know what? I'm, I'm glad that they're actually doing something. The military is doing something now. And the but White it's House so is doing little. Something.
0: It is but so much. it's minor. too little
4: too late. I exactly.
3: Mean, look at the escalation and where we are. We're so
4: weak. And look what Iraqis did by making an attack in northern Iraq at our embassy
0: in Israeli yeah, they called it, quote, an Israeli, uh, spy headquarters. By the way, did you hear that? Right the last, next to our embassy. Yeah, the last conversation that just came out recently that Biden has had with Netanyahu, the prime minister, of course, of Israel, as we're talking about all of this, is, uh, sorry, this conversation is over. I'm done. Click. So that, is, that was the last conversation they had a few weeks ago. ago. A few weeks ago is what they're well, saying. Is now. that
2: similar to, uh, unless you fire the attorney general, I'm going to take the billion dollars back to Washington. You
0: mean uh, Burisma?
2: <laughs> you mean which never which never happened because Weiss
4: let the statute of limitations run, oh, so nobody's yeah. paying attention to it. Right. that one.
0: No yeah. wonder when in these exit polls you guys last night when it came out of Iowa, I thought it was really interesting. Four percent said the justice system is working for them. They feel that it is they rigged against they them. They control
3: the justice system.
0: Yeah, that's they, the sad fact. And they're seeing this with David Weiss. Yeah. They're seeing this with everything with you know Jack Smith. The other issue that I thought was really interesting. Um, the top issue last night when they came out, what did you care about the most? They said the border. Yeah. They were so worried about the border yeah. and, and the and, economy. And Professor Dershowitz said migration. I said, it's not migration. It's invasion.
1: Yeah, exactly. Invasion. Exactly. Yeah.
0: exactly. And look at the cost, as we were talking earlier uh, with Paul Zuber about how much it is costing uh, the state uh, it's costing the city and there's no end in sight, Judge Weinberg. That's the
4: issue. Because until you close the border, until you enforce the immigration laws, which Biden is president with his executive authority can do in his time of crisis, he can stop the immigration laws. He can stop them from coming in. Trump had exactly right. You have to go through the process. You remain outside the country, and you wait your turn like everybody else
3: does. But, but, you know, it's not even a matter of just closing the border like you said, Judge. I mean, you look at the pictures. These people are just walking in. They're walking into the United States. I mean, there's nothing stopping them.
0: Yeah, we even had Charlie Wrangell, a former congressman, of course, legendary New York congressman, on the show yesterday. He said that. He said we need to vet who is coming in. It's
4: common sense. And the other problem is... All the money that's spent in the federal money is for processing these folks, not for keeping them out. So why don't you get rid of the 87,000 IRS agents who are there to harass people when Hunter Biden is not paying his taxes, but they want to harass everybody else. Hire security at the border to protect
0: their border. Well, that's why it's going to be interesting to see where this whole debate over the budget goes, uh, to your point, because they're saying, well, uh, it's the Republicans. You can see the spin already from the White House. Yeah, we want to. But then yesterday, President Biden was asked, is it a crisis at the border? That's not a hard question. And he said, no, no. I mean, how could you say, no, there is no crisis at the border, Craig What is he looking at? He's
3: clueless. I don't know what, what he's looking at, but you know what? We haven't even hit the tip of the iceberg yet with the terrorists that are coming through. I mean, think about the thousands and thousands of terrorists that are sneaking into the country, we have no way of vetting anyone. Think about all these diseases they're bringing in. And the cartels and, control our border. And you know what? I mean, it's not its not if, it's just when is our next attack on America.
0: You know what I'm curious is going to happen? I saw earlier today that in New Hampshire, because New Hampshire is, of course, more worried about our northern border. Uh, and there have actually been more people on the terrorist watch list yep, coming yep. through the northern border than the southern border. I, I mean, how scary is that? It's, We've got it from it's both a perfe- directions. It's a Which raises it's a the question, storm. what's
4: Canada doing to protect us? on that. Where's the understanding with Canada to hold them in Canada and stop them from coming into the United States?
0: But where is the effort from our administration on both directions? There's no effort. That's what's so scary. Because they're clueless. They're not They're not accepting. They first have
3: to accept the fact that there's a problem and they're in denial. Yeah, it's like Alcoholics Anonymous. There's no problem. Everything's perfect. You right.
4: don't need a 14-step program to understand we're under an invasion. These people are illegal, illegal, illegal migrants. They're not asylum seekers. They're illegal. The first act in coming into our country is to violate our laws. and, yeah, and you have to,
0: we have to check it, you guys. That's what's so scary. We yeah. have to check who's coming in. At a time like this where we're talking about everything going on with these Iranian-backed proxies all over the place, this is downright dangerous. There are so many tentacles out there. As long as he gets
3: his chocolate ice cream every night, everything is great.
0: Uh, the how world scary is that? How scary is that?
3: We are in trouble here. We're in the big trouble. The country and the world are spinning out of control, and I don't see any anything that's going to stop this. I mean, the only thing I think that could stop it is a Trump presidency. I was going to say a new president. A new president. And you know what? I just don't think, in my opinion, I don't think anyone but President Trump has the ability and the skill and the background and the experience to just get into that office and stop all of this immediately. Yeah, you need a warrior. You know, for
2: people that don't like Trump and for people that like Trump, Trump has the courage to stand up against Trump.
3: He he knows how to get it
2: done. You need strong, decisive
4: leadership, which is exactly lacking from this Biden administration.
0: I tell everybody I'll take a mean tweet over a mean terrorist any day of the week. (laughs) Well said. All
2: right, guys, what do we
0: all stand for? Truth, Truth,
2: justice, and the the American American way. way. God bless America.